work in Africa. So uh, what I'd like to do this morning, just real quickly, is just give you a brief background about our family and then talk about our call to, to missions and then also look at where we're going and then end with uh, how Rafiki uh, expound a little bit on the video and then how, uh, if God called you to get involved, uh, what are some of the opportunities. So uh, real quick, uh, Beth and I, we met in, uh, in college in West Texas at Angelo State University. I uh, graduated and was commissioned in the Air Force and served 25 years uh, in the military. I retired last Thursday. That's why this sounds a little bit like a military briefing. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to unhook, but. Yeah. What a PowerPoint deck. Yes. So uh, Beth and I have been married 28 years. We have uh, four kids that we're very proud of. We have Rachel. Uh, is with us here today, Levi and Nate. And uh, we have a daughter, uh, Jordan, her and her husband. He is a Russian linguist. He's going to school. He's in the Air Force also. Uh, they're in school in California, so they're unable to join us today. And we have a 10-month-old grandson uh, that we're very proud of. He and I kind of have the same haircut, actually. But, uh, <laughs> he may have a little more than me now, but... Um, so with that, I'll turn it over to Beth and let her talk a little bit about uh, our calling and how we came about to uh, Rafiki. Well, Aaron and I both grew up in Christian homes. And in fact, I grew up in Lufkin, so this is like really coming home to me. And we grew up in families, up in, grew up in church, but also in families that uh, taught missions and they practiced missions and they served. And our parents loved God and they modeled service to their children and they, they still continue to do that. And um, so it was a really easy thing for us to think about serving others. We've seen it done well all of our lives. Um, I became a believer when I was about 13 years old. And just shortly after that, as an older teen, I really felt a call to uh, foreign missions. And it didn't, it just wasn't the right time. Um, I, I mentioned that to someone the other day, and they said, well, it probably really wasn't the right time for you to go. And I was pretty obnoxious at that age, so God has had a long time to work in my heart. Um, so, uh, as Aaron said, we've spent the last 25 years living different places in the world, and we've been actively involved in missions, um, either going with our kids on short-term mission trips or supporting the missionaries financially and praying for them. And we began to know about the Rafiki Foundation um, when, in 1996. We were stationed in Great Falls, Montana, and I attended an international Bible study called, the, called Bible Study Fellowship, and many of you may know that. I think there was a class in Echidosis for a while. And they were partnering with um, the director for Bible Study Fellowship, is Rose, was Rosemary Jensen at the time, and she founded the Rafiki Foundation. So um, we began to just follow them and follow their work and support a missionary. And later, in 2002, we were stationed back in um, Louisiana at uh, Barksdale Air Force Base, and I was able to go on a short-term mission to Ghana, which is in West Africa. Um, many years later, with the Rafiki Foundation. And so again, that the great relationship developed even more key. When we were stationed in San Antonio, uh, 2002-ish, no, that wasn't, anyway, later we were stationed in San Antonio, the years run together. Um, and that's where the Rafiki Foundation's home office was. So I began to volunteer there and um, eventually worked there in the graphics department. And again, God just gelled that relationship a little bit more and just warmed our hearts and we began to know more about it. Well, in 2014, we were stationed in McDill Air Force Base, which is Camp Four, 
currently live. And in the meantime, God had moved Rafiki's home office to uh, Orlando. And so I thought, hey, I'll just go um, see my friends and connect with some coworkers. And while there, the director asked me what we were doing. And I explained Aaron was getting ready to retire. We had no idea what we were going to do next. Um, and she said, well, have you thought about Rafiki? And I had, but I knew he wouldn't do that. That was just not on his radar in any way. And so, um, but she said, well, you should come do a, a short-term missions training. They call it mini missions. And just see what Rafiki's doing because it's changed a lot over the last few years. And so I said, sure, I'll do that. It was Valentine's weekend. I had a babysitter. You know, I mean, I nagged Aaron enough that he came along with me. He knew there would be good food there because they always do things with excellence. And so we went to this training, honestly, just going to hear what Rafiki was doing, not thinking that we would do anything more than that. You know, we um, Aaron was already connecting with other people at work for the follow-on career in some sort of something to do with the military. And so um, as we sat through that training, though, God just really began to reveal to us, and I have no other way to say that. That sounds so hokey and so churchy, but really he did. He began to show us how he prepared us over the years through our um, ministry experiences, through missions, through um, our families, and through the jobs he had given Aaron in the Air Force and the things I had got to do on the side, that we were really a good fit for this organization called Rafiki, and that we had already experienced some of the things that missionaries who live overseas do. We were stationed in Germany for a while, and my son Lee, I can tell you, I experienced culture shock. He told me later I was just hormonal. And you don't tell your mom that. Young boys, don't say that to your mom. Um, but So we left, we came back home, uh, back to Tampa, and I just kind of dropped the conversation thinking I'll just go on a short-term mission, or I'll go volunteer, and Aaron continued the conversation. And um, that surprised me. And I, could, and I began to pray, God, if this is, if this really is, um, you're going to give me this desire of my heart, you have to tell me through Aaron, because I want to go. It's easy for me to go. Go anywhere. I'll, you know, I'll go to Dive Ball with you if you want me to go. Um, and so I just asked him to, to speak through Aaron, and he did. And um, Aaron began, we began, became not, should we go, will we go, but when will we go? And we felt a real urgency through our pastor's messages. They're talking with our family um, that this was the time. If we were going to do it, this was the time to do it. And so um, we uh, applied, were accepted, and went to survival camp. And on July 13th, we were commissioned as missionaries for the Rafiki Foundation. And we were giving our first posting to Kampala, Uganda. And Aaron will be the plant manager for the Rafiki Training Village in Uganda. And that's a facility manager, and he can tell you more about that. And I will be dean for the Rafiki um, Advanced Learning Institute, and that really just means administrator because I looked it up. I thought, I am not a dean, but I can organize an office, so I, I, you know, and God will help me to do that. And then we will be taking our nine-year-old child, Nate, with us. Um, we've tried to get the others to come, and they're just not ready yet. I'm praying them through that. Um, but after some debate, Nate agreed to go with us. He had already said he had found a place to live for two years. Um, he was good with us going, you know, that was fine. But when we sent his Legos and his bike on the um, shipping crate to Uganda, that kind of invested him in the upper deck. So he's ready to go. And so Aaron's going to tell you a little bit about where we're going. So uh, several years ago in my career, I was at a unit, and we, uh, our area of uh, responsibility was Africa. But when we started talking about, uh, and, and during that time, it was all mostly North Africa. 
so when we started uh, talking about Uganda, I had to pull out the map to figure out where exactly that was. And so Uganda is a landlocked country on the southeastern or on the southeast part of Africa. It shares the eastern border with Kenya, uh, South Sudan to the north, the Democratic Congo to the, left, to the uh, west, and then Tanzania to the south. And it's a, a beautiful country. It's um, uh, pretty much on the equator, but uh, what we've seen is beautiful rolling hills, and it's lush, and it's green, uh, and it's not as hot as Texas. So that's, we're pretty excited about that. Uh, it became independent from Britain in 1962 about the size of Oregon and has approximately 37 million people. The uh, capital, as Beth mentions, is in Kampala. The, the language is uh, mostly English, and there is a, a Lugandan, which is the native language also. But uh, at least what Rafiki tries to do is also uh, train these uh, kids up to be uh, bilingual, to teach them English, because English is the language of, of business. So commerce, so it really helps them. For uh, The country is about 84% Christian and about 12% Muslim and about 3% uh, other. Life expectancy is 54. In the States, it's about 78, but 54 is really actually uh, a pretty high number for, for Africa, so um, I was rather surprised by that. The gross national income per capita is $670 a year. In the United States, it's $55,000. So uh, if I did my math right, they're living on $1.83 a day. <clears throat> and then uh, there's approximately 2.7 million uh, orphan children in the country. And as far as uh, the village where we're going, it's uh, outside Kampala. It's about 55 acres. Uh, there's about 33 buildings uh, on, on the property. At this time, there are 48 Ugandan staff that work there. When we arrive, there'll be a total of five career uh, missionaries that'll be on site there. And there's approximately 98 residents. There's uh, 51 female, 47 male students. And then they've recently started allowing day students to come in, students from off campus to come in and go to school and receive an education. They get the Bible study that the resident children get, and they also get two good meals a day. Uh, and right now, what we uh, got from the kids, the staff and children's favorite hymn is To God Be the Glory, and their favorite verse is James 1.27. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. And so I'll let Beth uh, give you a little more uh, expound a little bit on the programs uh, from Rafiki. Sure. And I just want to remind you, he just retired on Thursday, so this is new for us. So um, you're, you're our second test audience, so um, we will accept critique at the end. Um, the Rafiki, Rafiki's tagline is God's Word at Work. And so um, the Rafiki training villages are the hub of this strategic plan. As we said, they've built 10, 10 um villages in different countries, in countries in Africa, and each village is, as Aaron said, about 50 acres. It has schools, dining facilities, cottages, a residence hall, a playing field, and agricultural land, because they're also teaching um, sustainable farming. They're, we're um, raising up a generation of leaders in that country. 
not, we're not making Westerners, we're not making Americans, we're raising, raising up Africans to know God and raise their standard of living so that they can therefore teach someone else to do that as well. And that's what you do. You don't give a handout, you give a hand up. And um, Rafiki is very much about that. The two um, main functions at the training villages are to provide a provide living, medical, and educational facilities for orphans and for vulnerable children. And those are children, like those day students, who if they couldn't, uh, you have to pay for school in Africa. It's, it's not, it's everyone. It, you know, it's not public school where you just get it for free. You're paying for your uniform, your materials, and teacher salary. So if you can, your family cannot afford to send you to school, you may just not go to school. Or you may not have parents at home who can send you to school. The median age in Uganda is 14 years old. That means half the population is above 14 and half is below it. And 47% of the population is under 15. So imagine that. You know, there just may not be a grown-up there to take care of that for you. So um, we are providing, those will be vulnerable children. So we're providing a place for them to come and, and there's a, to come to school and get that education. Um, they also train African church partners in education. They help them improve their schools in the country, and they support widows. But the most um, important foundational goal of the Rafiki Foundation is to help Africans know God. And we understand that to be by knowing um, the Bible, because God reveals himself through his word, mainly. And um, the Bible says that um, when you, eternal life is knowing God and his son, Jesus Christ. And so Rafiki has developed a Rafiki Bible study that, as Aaron has already pointed out, is taught through all levels, from preschool to um, the mothers and the national workers. And so it, it is across the board, solid biblical teaching through the whole Bible. And it's um, word for word, just down through a book. Um, and it's written by theologians on each level. So enough about us. Aaron has some questions for you. Well, um, my question would be, you know, this wasn't on our radar, on my radar at all. So, um, you know, the question is, what is God calling you? Because um, when <clears throat> when I went to the training, when Beth drug me to the training, um, I'm a submissive wife. I submit for everything. <laughs> I, I I really didn't care to go. Um, after 25 years in the military, I was in the military, telling me where to go, when to go, what to do when I got there very ready to do what I wanted to do. Um, but uh, So we went to the training. They asked us, uh, anybody that wanted to stay and learn more about long-term missions to stay after dinner. Uh, we had a two-hour drive. I was ready to get home, but we went ahead and stayed. And about six of us stayed, uh, and the executive director sat down, and she talked a little bit about how the, the long-term missions work. She looked at each person and said, you know, Susie, based on your education and your training and, and your experience, we think you'd be great in this village. Um, other than God telling you no, do you see any obstacles to that? So then I'm thinking, wow, this is getting real, and i got to come up with some obstacles. <laughs> so, uh, as she was working her way around, I was like, man, I don't have an obstacle. And, and, and not having an obstacle is not a reason to go to missions, but, but that was just a validation we felt like, because um, we were thinking, okay, our, our older kids are out of the house, so, you know, no kids in high school, nothing like that. Our parents are, are healthy. That's not an issue. Um, we're renting our house now. We don't have to sell a house. Uh, God blessed us. We were, uh, we're debt-free, so I could not come up with a, with a uh, 
then they ask us, and then I did, you know, you know, the good Christian thing of, you know, the delay tactic of, okay, I'll pray about it. <laughs> and she asked, she said, okay, great. Just, uh, I ask you that when you do pray about it, just pray, Lord, that uh, whatever you want me to do, whether it's for Fiji or whatever, that I'll do it. And so I thought, well, I ain't praying that because uh, <laughs> if, I, if I pray that, then I really got to do it. So I think I went about five days before I finally did I finally prayed that. You know, afterwards, and it was just like I said, it was very clear to us that, that God was calling us to do this. So, my question is, you know, we're being called out to uh, Africa, but what is God uh, calling you to do? Or is he calling you to join him in his work? Because that's what he calls us uh, to do. So, I have just four things here from, this is from uh, Henry Blackaby, The Seven Realities. Number one is, God is always at work around you. Number two, God invites you to become involved with him in his work. Number three, God's invitation for you to work with him always leads you to a crisis of belief that requires faith and action. And you come to know God by experience as you obey him and he accomplishes work through you. So I'd ask you to just consider getting involved, uh, pray about it, uh, you may consider getting involved with Rafiki, and uh, we'll be in the back after service and can answer uh, any of your questions. We do ask you to remember us in prayer when you think about us. That's really what we what we need the most as we continue forward. Brother, that's all we have. Thank you all. Uh, won't you stand with me for just a minute this morning? Um, let me just share with you what's on my heart and uh, what I realized today is that when Jesus spoke to the first disciples, that small group of people that would go on to change the world, he said, tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. And that's when he then said, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and then you will be witnesses to me. You know the one thing that God just impresses upon my heart from our, mat, our missions team and from the Smiths is we are not able to do what God has called us to do. We can't. We do not possess the power in and of ourselves to do. Uh, I know we, uh, we are five years into Guinea among the Kenyanka people and uh, the progress at times seems slow. It's certain, but it's slow. And we say, when God, you know, and we know that he has to work. For the Smiths, they're not able to do what they've been called to do. Uh, but when they acknowledge that and they know that, then they're in the very place for God's power to step in to do what only he can do. It's interesting that y'all talked about Henry Blackaby. I don't know that y'all know <laughs> the earlier part of the year our church studied experiencing God during our year of renewal. It kind of kicked us off. I didn't know. Uh, but they knew those seven realities, the people that are sitting here. And so um, this is what I want us to do this morning in our time of invitation. And Byron and I will be at the front if you need to visit with us. This is what I just feel led to do this morning. I want to open up the altar today. Uh, 
And really, uh, just invite people to come and to say, uh, God, among the Kenyanka people, among the people in Uganda that the Smiths go to, God, if you don't intervene, if you don't do a work, your work, uh, then, Father, we have no hope. They have no hope. Uh, and really just a time to ask God, God, would you intervene? And would you send your power? And so our, our worship team is going to play. Byron and I are going to be at the front. We'll be off to the sides. We, all, all, we just invite you to come to the altar and to beseech God on behalf of these needs. I stand amazed in the presence.